This is KYUK, public radio for the Yukon-Kuskokwim Delta. I'm Francisco Martinez Cuello. The military is keeping mum about what's being recovered after three incidents in which flying objects were shot down, two of them over Alaska and the Yukon Territory in Canada. The latest incident happened Saturday, February 11th, when an object was spotted over northern Alaska at about 40,000 feet. The military alerted President Joe Biden, and the object continued to float over the border into Canada. After consulting with Canadian Premier Justin Trudeau, Biden ordered an Air Force F-22 to shoot down the object with a Sidewinder missile. The debris fell in a remote area and Royal Canadian Mounted Police are searching for it, with help from military aircraft. Authorities said the object was about the same size, but, quote, somewhat different from the car-sized balloon shot down Friday, also near the border, over the ice of the Beaufort Sea. National Guard helicopters have been attempting to recover that debris. There has been no word on the nature of what is being recovered from any of the three incidents, the two Alaska ones and the incident last week off the coast of South Carolina. There have been some closed-door briefings for the Alaska congressional delegation. From Delta Junction, KUAC's Tim Ellis monitored the military's Friday announcement about the balloon that was downed over the Beaufort Sea and has some more details. The U.S. Northern Command scrambled the F-22s, which shot down the object at around 9.30 a.m. At the direction of the President of the United States, fighter aircraft assigned to U.S. Northern Command successfully took down a high-altitude airborne object off the northern coast of Alaska at 1.45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time today within U.S. sovereign airspace over U.S. territorial water. Air Force Brigadier General Patrick Ryder said in a news conference this afternoon that North American Aerospace Defense Command ground radar detected the object late Thursday night and began tracking it. He said when the fighter pilots arrived, they checked it out and after being authorized, shot down the object with a Sidewinder air-to-air missile. The object was flying at an altitude of 40,000 feet and posed a reasonable threat to the safety of civilian flight. Ryder said the Northern Command has sent aircraft from the Alaskan Command and Alaskan Air National Guard to survey an area where debris from the object fell after it was shot down. Those include an HC-130 search and rescue plane and two helicopters, an HH-60 Blackhawk and CH-47 Chinook. And the Federal Aviation Administration designated a temporary flight restriction around the site, which closes the airspace to all unpermitted aircraft. The object was about the size of a small car, so not similar in size or shape to the high-altitude surveillance balloon that was taken down off the coast of South Carolina on February 4. Members of the media at the news conference pressed Ryder repeatedly on why the military was quick to shoot down the object today, but allowed the Chinese surveillance balloon to fly over Alaska and the lower 48 for days before it was finally shot down on Sunday. But Ryder answered repeatedly, reiterating that this object threatened civilian aviation, which flies up to about 45,000 feet, but the Chinese balloon mostly stayed at or above 60,000 feet. But Senator Lisa Murkowski also questioned the rationale. Somehow or other, Brett had uh, gotten to a point where it was good to take down on the East Coast, but for some reason, we didn't want to take it down in the North. Murkowski said in the video statement she posted this afternoon that the different responses taken by the military could convince the Chinese that they can get away with spying on Alaska. It sends a message to China that if you want to send something to surveil a part of the United States of America, Alaska's your, your, your place. That's not the message to send. Senator said today's incursion should remind Americans of Alaska's role in national defense. I say it time and time again, Alaska is on the front lines of defense for the United States of America. 
Governor Mike Dunleavy issued a similar statement late this afternoon. He said, quote, because of our close proximity to our neighbors, there's very little margin for error. In Delta Junction, I'm Tim Ellis. It's early February, and Bethel's Cultural Center is crowded with people. On one side of the room, a hot lunch with moose chili and goulash, and 16 groups are waiting at folding tables on the other side of the room to help those in the region who are low income or experiencing homelessness. There are flu shots and blood pressure checks, free haircuts, a local psychologist offering mental health services. It's all part of a project called Homeless Connect that has been going on in Bethel for the past few years. So it's fairly recent. That's Olivia Stemkowski. She's a Jesuit volunteer and the adult services coordinator of the Kuskokwim Consortium Library. She led the Project Homeless Connect efforts this year. Project Homeless Connect was a part of a solution to provide those who need it with those resources and information and it seems to work out and help a lot of people who do need it. The night before, on January 31st, Bethel Police Sergeant Tristan Evan accompanied housing and homelessness advocates as they spread out through the community to count people who are unsheltered and to invite them to the Homeless Connect event. That team visited three campsites and a couple of abandoned houses. Stemkowski helped with this survey. We do these surveys to kind of understand what's going on, who's experiencing what, and how we can help those and try to solve the issue of homelessness and housing. Bethel does have shelter for homeless people in town, but it's limited by staffing and funding. Stemkowski says that means she sees a spike in homelessness, especially during the winter. And this time of year, she could use some help. I'm always looking for donations for Project Homeless Connect. Think winter clothes, backpacks, socks, and hygiene products. Bethel's survey of unhoused people is part of a nationwide count. And that count has to happen sometime in the last 10 days of January. That's Brian Wilson, the executive director of the nonprofit called the Alaska Coalition on Housing Homelessness in Juneau. Wilson's coalition covers one of two in Alaska that the Federal Department of Housing and Urban Development has tasked with managing the state's homeless response in this annual count. They call it the point-in-time count. Our organization is uh, responsible for overseeing the point-in-time count for uh, 660,000 square miles of Alaska, and that looks very different depending on where you're at. Um, in Bethel, it's it's going to look a lot different than Fairbanks just because of size, uh, scope, and scale and the available resources locally. There's no one number for how many homeless people are in this region, and that's because it's hard to pinpoint exactly who is homeless and when. But we do know that at least 72 people in Bethel filled out surveys saying they are experiencing homelessness. But these numbers don't tell the entire story. There's a couple nuances in point-in-time count data, and we don't typically like to use point-in-time count data to describe the overall need in our state because it's, it's just a literal snapshot, uh, but is restricted by uh, federal definitions of what they consider somebody experiencing homelessness um, and also is restricted by our ability to count individuals. For example, there are places in Alaska that can't conduct the count. There's a whole lot of communities that we're sending numbers up to HUD saying there's no nobody experiencing homelessness here when we know that's not true. We just don't have the capacity to count them. There's another catch to this data as well. 
it doesn't capture anything about the overcrowding problems experienced in rural Alaska. But also, it's really only looking at a single day. So you'll see our statewide numbers every year usually float around 2,000 or so total. Um, but we know from the data we collect every day of the year that typically we'll serve over 15,000 unique Alaskans in some way over the course of the year. One other big problem in Alaska? There's a significant racial disparity uh, in our clients. We see that um, uh, Alaska Native individuals are overrepresented in our homeless population compared to their state population. Wilson says it's a priority for his coalition to address that problem and make sure everyone has access to the resources they need. Reporting from the Cultural Center, I'm Francisco Martinez Cuello. This is KYUK News. I'm Francisco Martinez Cuello. Kuyana for listening. Please share your news tips, comments, or suggestions. You can email us at news at kyuk.org or message us on Facebook. And stay tuned for News Yuktum coming up.